When others treat your fries as an afterthought, all you're left with are cold, soggy fries. That's why Wendy's new fries are ones you won't forget. Guaranteed to be hot and crispy. Or we'll replace them. We're talking natural cut skin on fries, perfectly seasoned with a hint of sea salt. In fact, they're even preferred almost two to one over McDonald's. These are fries so hot and crispy, they beg a new question. What would you like with your fries? Try them today. Only at Wendy's. At participating U.S. Wendy's. Taste preference based on a national taste test by an independent research company. When others treat your fries as an afterthought, all you're left with are cold, soggy fries. That's why Wendy's new fries are ones you won't forget. Guaranteed to be hot and crispy. Or we'll replace them. We're talking natural cut skin on fries, perfectly seasoned with a hint of sea salt. In fact, they're even preferred almost two to one over McDonald's. These are fries so hot and crispy, they beg a new question. What would you like with your fries? Try them today. Only at Wendy's. At participating U.S. Wendy's. Taste preference based on a national taste test by an independent research company. Welcome to the Browns Wire podcast. This is your host, Josh Keatley. With me is Adam Moore. Adam and I are going to, uh, I wouldn't say solo because there's two of us, but Deuce, we're going to take a Deuce. Deuce, yeah. Yeah. We actually, we've been, we've been talking to each other for about 40 minutes now, trying to get wrapped up for the show, talking about trading cards. So if anybody <laughs> wants some messages about that, please reach you out. May, we, yeah. We may release that as a separate podcast. We, dude, we should. We really should. That way all, we, it, the whole thing was, was recorded, so we're, we can release it. It's not a bad idea. It's not a bad idea. We did get we did get a listener question. It was a very thoughtful, well thought out, well written question from Joshua McManaway. And I, I don't want to completely rip him to shreds, but clearly, Joshua, you don't listen to the show on a consistent basis. Because did you read it, Adam? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But well, we we have talked about safety position a, a every little every episode. Yeah, every it, episode we talk it, about the safety position. It's probably the weakest uh position group for cleveland and obviously there's a a lot of concern about that so i can understand uh there's a a lot's riding on grant telpit i can tell you that yes and it's interesting uh let's let's talk about let's do let's do a recap of what we're talking about the safety we originally talked about the safeties we got a listener question um a couple weeks ago about the safety depth chart what we expect from it and you said someone asked if we viewed the safety depth as a concern you said no i said yes right don't nod your head, Adam. Don't nod yeah. your head. You I'm said walk- no. Yeah, I did. No, you don't get to I'm be wishy-washy. Yeah, I know you are. You're starting to convince me. I, you see, I'm I'm a flexible guy. You know, I'm willing to change my opinion on things when I when people show me facts that that are different from what I you know I had originally thought. So I I'm coming around to the idea that this is potentially a concern in 2020 2021 for the Cleveland Browns this position. So, and, and that's great. And I'm glad that you're open, you're open-minded and you're agreeable and you can, you can see the light. I, on the other hand, was already there. I'm already, <laughs> I was already worlds ahead of you and knew what all of our guests were going to say. But we, so we, we argued on the first show about the safety position. Then we had Bill Carroll on and Bill Carroll said, what did he say? He summed it up very nicely. Well, they drafted a safety in the second round. So clearly they think it's a need. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, all right. Okay, Bill. That's a good point. Yeah. And then Eric came on. Eric came on last week and also mentioned, you know, what did Eric? I can't remember. Maybe it was Donovan. We we definitely talked about Delpit with Eric. We did. We did. Yeah. Okay. You're right. Yeah. And everybody kind of stressed that, yeah, safety is definitely an an issue. Um, You know, and Bill talked about how the game is, has, the game has transitioned. And I agree with him too. This is something that um, 
we didn't really talk about the first time we, we, we addressed the safety issue is that the game back in the day, you could have safeties that weren't necessarily, you know, excellent in coverage, right? You could have, you know, maybe deep third guys was their specialty or, or a guy that bangs in the box, Palomalu style. Um, you can't really do that. You got to have really well-rounded safeties in today's NFL. You got to have those safeties that are willing to cover. You got to have them willing to come up and, and fill holes in the run game. So safety is an extremely important position. And obviously with the Browns, with Grant Delpit, like you said, Adam, they're going to be riding on Grant Delpit, really counting on getting Grant Delpit. And I think we both really like him. Um, I can't stress enough how much I was in love with his 2018 tape. And I thought his 2019 tape was perfectly fine as well. Uh, but they're going to be riding on a rookie. And that's not, you know, that's just not a vote of confidence. Yeah, and my original argument going back a few weeks now was that, you know, you you have to not spend money somewhere. So you right. have your roster, um, and you, and you unless you evenly allocate all of your funds across all the positions, which I would argue that's a bad, uh, bad strategy because you have to invest in those positions that matter the most. You have to invest in cornerback. On the defensive side of the ball, you have to invest in pass rushers. You have to invest in cornerbacks. And I think with the way that the NFL is moving – you mentioned it. It's turning into a passing game. You have to be able to – I think you're going to have to invest in that safety position, whereas in the past maybe you didn't need to. Maybe you needed to invest in your interior linemen or your or your linebackers, but now I think you really need to bolster the secondary in any way that you can. Right, and I, and I do want to say that we've talked about this in the past too, and I want to make sure that we bring it up again because I don't want, to, I don't want us to come off like we were saying that the NFL league is only it's, – it's shifting towards a passing league and it's never going to go back the other direction. It is a cyclical league, right? It's a pendulum. pendulum. And we talked about a lot uh, how maybe perhaps the Browns are kind of getting on the front end of the change back, the swing back to the other way as a running, you know, as the running game starts to take over again, utilizing Chubb and Kareem Hunt at the same time. You know, we saw the Niners utilize three backs uh, and and dominate with their running game. I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo, I don't think he threw a pass over 20 yards his entire playoff run. They went to the Super Bowl. Uh, The Chiefs just invested a first-round pick in a running back, and they just won the Super Bowl, right? The Titans pretty much rely on Derrick Henry. So the running game is definitely – I think you're going to see a slight swing back. It's a very cyclical league, and when these defensive backs and these defenses go smaller and more revolved around speed and worried worried about the pass, you're going to see teams try to load up in the box and be big and heavy run stop, uh, you know, smash it down your throat running teams but that's the again counter. yeah you're right that's yes. the counter so the the league went pass heavy and in in response to that defense has started to get small and fast and now in response to that offenses are going to start to pound the ball a little bit more and yes i think that's why tennessee was so was able to be so successful last year because derrick henry is the largest running back in the league he's a monster he's big he's strong he's fast and if you have little tiny defenders trying to tackle that dude it's not going to happen and I think you're, I think you're starting to see that. And I know I, we've we've mentioned it with the with the with the Browns, but the Bengals also. If you look at their free agent signings on the defensive side of the ball this year, every single one of them was a plus run defender. Even all the way, all the guys they they signed in the secondary, they were all good against the run. And I think that's, and I think this is a good point for the Browns too. You got to beat. You got to win your division. That's so important to getting to that next step. And then everybody right now in the AFC North is saying, "How the hell do we stop Lamar Jackson?" That's a good point. The Ravens are also capitalizing on on running the ball as well. So that is something of note. And I think that's something that's probably probably fairly obvious at this point. Yeah. Uh, but did you have anything else to add about the question about you know the safety question? I mean, he asked. He also asked about you know uh, ideal matchups, favorable matchups, and I think that that kind of 
got our minds thinking into prop bets, right? You know, Ohio is another step closer to legalizing gambling. And, you know, that makes my pants tight, Adam. I know that your pants are getting tighter with all your, your goddamn graphs just waiting in the wind, <laughs> waiting to be utilized. I'm so ready to, to make some legal money off of all this. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm so excited to be piggybacking off of your wins. <laughs> I'm excited for you too, buddy. But <laughs> But we got, I got, we both picked out three prop picks. I actually wrote down four um, that we could kind of discuss and break down. The first one I saw that really made my pants tight was Nick Chubb, 1,350.5 rushing yards on the season. Okay. Do you, do you want to start it off? Or you want me to kick it off? You go ahead. I'll kick it off because I can tell by your eyes you're getting your graphs ready. <laughs> All right. So I, I like the over. Okay. I don't have any graphs, but. My, my pants get tight. That's how I know. That's how I make all my money. That's how I gamble. But uh, no, Nick Chubb got 1,494 yards last year. So he hit the over last year and on a team that wasn't really run reliant. Kevin Stefanski comes in. He's going to be even more run reliant. Well, Josh, you got to remember, Cream Hunt's not going to be suspended mm-hmm. the entire season. So he's probably going to be splitting carries. Ah, ah, ah. Let me tell you that Cream Hunt played the last eight games last season. And you want, you want to know how that affected Nick Chubb's uh, carry percentage? Pretty much, pretty much none. He went from averaging 19 carries a game without Cream Hunt to 18 carries a game with Cream Hunt. Okay, Nick Chubb is the far—I don't want to say far superior because that—that's just me exaggerating. But he is the better back. Nick Chubb is the better back. He's a better human being. He's a better <laughs> listener. He's a better all around, and that that matters. That matters because if you look, it really does. Because if you look at guys that are, are similar in skill set, which again, I don't, I believe that Nick Chubb is bigger, faster, and stronger than Cream Hunt in every yeah. single way. But let's say let's let's say they're not. Let's say Cream Hunt is better in space. Let's say he is a better pa- catcher out of the backfield, which he probably is. Nick Chubb is still going to get the nod, even if they are closer than we really think, because Nick Chubb is that more coachable person. Yeah. Let me let's face it that they they really they lean that way. That's just how coach they're still human beings. It's not mad. And Kareem Hunt's just not really that kind of guy, right? I mean, he got in trouble this offseason. Yeah. So I I have no problem laying down the cash for Nick Chubb to surpass. I mean, if this number was higher, I would still do. Still go. Uh but I'm with it. Nick Chubb over 1350.5 rushing yards on the season. What do you think? Um, I'm probably staying away from this. And, and you mentioned a Son little of bit a bitch. because it, it is because Kareem Hunt and you're right. Uh, he didn't soak up a lot of the rushing attempts in the final eight games that he was, he was available. He only had 43 attempts for 179 yards. But if you extrapolate that, we're talking about 80 rushing attempts that Kareem Hunt's going to take away and potentially a little bit more now that he's been with the offense a little bit more. Uh, I, I, but you're used, say, yeah. We, I, we don't know how Stefanski is going to use the two, but it's fair to say that Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb are both going to be heavily involved. I actually like Kareem Hunt a lot in fantasy. I think he's one of those guys you can get late round that will be a league winner for you if something happens in Nick Chubb. So by all means, draft Kareem Hunt in your fantasy leagues this year. Okay, okay, okay. You got to be upset now. All right, so you're, you're, let's extrapolate. We'll use that word again, Adam. We're going to extrapolate those numbers. You're using Freddie Kitchen's offense. The That's Minnesota Vikings have the fourth most rushing. Was it higher than that? No, second, right? Uh, I don't know. They're in the top five in rushing attempts, uh, rushing attempts of, of every NFL team. 
I don't think it's going to matter. Well, so what if he has 80 carries? You may be right, but here's the thing, though. Are are you going to talk about Baker and OBJ here and, and go in the over with them, too? Because I don't think you can have it both ways. I'm not going on the over with it. So, okay, you know what? Let's, let's move on to the next one. So, okay, okay. you're saying are you, you have to say something. Chuck. I'm going to go under 1350. You son of a bitch. Let's write it down. The next prop was Baker Mayfield yardage, 3,899.5 on his passing yardage. Now, everybody I know. That's more intelligent than me took the over on this. And I want to say that I've reached out to people and said, listen, are you taking the over on both of these? And they said, yes, they're taking the over on Nick Chubb rushing yards and the over on Baker Mayfield's passing yards. And these are not 3,899.5. Okay. So this would be that that we're saying, we're assuming he's going to have the best year of his career. Yes. Well, okay. Hold on. You're putting words in my mouth. I'm taking the under. Because I listen to, again, these people are smarter than me. I'm going to try to bring them on the show eventually. These people are smarter than me. They're very much like you, and they're not biased at all. And they took the over on both. Okay? I have a hard time seeing it. Okay. Baker Mayfield had his career year last year, career year, two years, had 3,827 yards passing. And one can assume, because we just said, that they're going to pass even less this year. Okay? Uh, Nick or Jesus Christ, Kirk Cousins season last year, which was Kirk, which is his only season with Kevin Stefanski calling all the shots, only had 3,603 yards. Okay. Now I brought that up. The argument that was laid to me was Kirk Cousins is nothing compared to Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield takes larger, bigger risks. Baker Mayfield throws it down the field. Baker Mayfield, if anything, Kirk Cousins getting that many yards should make you feel better about Baker Mayfield hitting that over. Baker Mayfield having 3,800 yards last year should make you feel better about him hitting that. He had over 20 interceptions last year. You can't tell me he's not going to be more efficient. Those are good arguments, but it's still, I, I guess, I gun to my head, I'm taking the under, but I'm probably staying away from this because those are good arguments. They really are. I think gun to my head, I'm staying away from this too. Or I'm staying away from this too, but gun to my head, I'm probably going over here. And the are only reason serious? I'm going over is because... Kirk Cousins was extremely efficient under Kevin Stefanski. Kirk Cousins only threw the ball 444 times last year under Kevin Stefanski. And I think part of that is because of the injuries we saw to Adam Thielen and Stefan Diggs last year. He had nobody to throw the ball to. So Kevin Stefanski, Dalvin Cook was having a career year. He said, let's, let's load up on Cook. Let's give him everything he can handle, and that's how we're going to try to win games in Minnesota. This year, that's not going to be the case. You have OBJ. You have Landry. You have Njoku. You have Hooper. You have two great running backs. I think they're going to be able to be more balanced. So, what, Cousins had 444 pass attempts. Baker had last year had 534. So, let's say we meet in the middle somewhere. You increase his efficiency. I think he's over. See, I'm throwing his attempt numbers out of the window last year. And I don't think Freddie Kitchens had a good hold of what he was doing with that offense. And I don't think those numbers are fair to use. And I also want to add, too, that, you know, we talk about OBJ and Jarvis Landry being badasses, and that's true. But Adam Thielen and Stefan Diggs are no joke. Kyle Rudolph is no joke. No, they're not. Right? No, no not. not not even close, okay? And those guys were bitching about the amount of times they were throwing the ball at the beginning of the year. Right. So that needs to be noted that there was some, you know – animosity in the locker room about those guys not getting enough targets and these injuries you speak of it wasn't like it wasn't like the entire receiving core went down it was bumps and bruises here and there Mm -hmm. so I do think that that needs to be noted and we really need to be careful about how we use the numbers from last year's Browns team with when Freddie Kitchens who didn't know what he was doing was running the show we really need to be careful about that I I think I think 
I do. I I don't think you're wrong there. I I do think I don't think he gets anywhere near the attempts he had last year. His rookie year in 2018 with Hugh Jackson, he had 486. So I still think he's in that range. Still not a good. I think he's. I think I still think he's mid to upper 400s in attempts. I think you'll see an increase in efficiency with Stefanski as the head coach, And, and. you know, even in 18 and 19, Baker was still 37, 3,800. So he's right there. So if you, if you just maintain his attempts, or even if you decrease his attempts a little bit, but you increase his efficiency, I think he's got enough to get there. I think the weapons are there. I think there's, you know, if, if he throws a four yard slant to OBJ and he takes it 80 yards for a touchdown, that's still an 80 yard touchdown for Baker Mayfield. I think he's got enough weapons for him that are going to be able to create after the catch. He's not going to have to do too much. He's going to be able to be super efficient and let his playmakers make plays. I'm not saying you're wrong. Again, I, I understand. I'm staying away from it. But you're pull- yeah. I feel like you are reaching a little bit. When you have to say if, if OBJ takes a four-yard slant, 80 yards, that's still 80 yards for Baker. I feel like we're reaching. You're talking a little bit like Stefan Diggs is not good. And they the Bills trade a first rounder for him. That's how yeah, you're kind of talking that way. I, I right? like Stephon Diggs a lot. And honestly, Stefan Diggs, OBJ is a, is a, is more of a deep threat. And I was actually going to bring that up later. O, OBJ is more of a deep threat than Stefan Diggs. So if anybody's going to take a four yard slant to the house, probably going to be Stefan Diggs. I get your point. I'm not disagreeing with anything you're saying. I just I'm surprised that you would be more willing to take the Baker over than the than the Nick Chubb over. You're you're banking. Let me break the, let me break this down, and then you can explain it to me because talk to me like I'm stupid. You're banking on Baker Mayfield having a career year, even though he's bringing in a coach that throws less, and Nick Chubb having a worse year than last year, even though again we're bringing in a coach that runs more. So when you when I define worse, okay, we're just talking about pure raw stats. I still That's think it. Nick Chubb is is a top five running back. He has that potential, but now we we're introducing Kareem Hunt into eight games that he wasn't in last year. All right, so there, there's there's going to be a dip in his production, Nick Chubb. I, I I don't I feel pretty strongly about that. He's just from a raw stats perspective. So let me ask you this: or efficiency or something like that? No, I'm not saying he's going to be any worse than he was last year from an efficiency standpoint. But I do think his volume goes down because Cream Hunt's going to be there for 16 games. So let me ask you this: Nick Chubb had we talked about the care the split in carries. Mm-hmm. He averaged 19 carries a game. Then Kareem Hunt came, he averaged 18 carries a game. Again, that's under Freddie Kitchens. What do you envision? What am I missing? What do you envision that split being? I would envision it 65-35. Okay. All right, let's move on to the next number. Baker Mayfield's touchdowns, 24 and a half. Now, see, I like the over on this. I think that this over is much more reasonable than the yardage because Baker Mayfield threw 27 touchdowns as a rookie. Yeah. Okay. That's. Yeah. I mean, and I, I feel like last year – I, I don't feel like last year's a good indicator. I don't feel like his rookie year is a good indicator either, but this shows that he's at least capable of surpassing that number. And that's a big difference. Three touchdowns is a big difference. I mean, Kirk Cousins, we talked about his, you know, how they utilized him last year. He still had 26 touchdowns in that offense. Kirk yeah. Cousins had more touchdowns in that in that offense. And Stefanski, if you look at what he does in the red zone, he does utilize the play action quite a bit in the red zone. So I don't think that the yards are all there, but the opportunities when you get close to the money zone, yeah, are just as they're 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 just as much. I feel like if you he's more 50-50 pass and run in the red zone than he is the rest of the rest of the field. So now that's that's information that I don't have that I think would be useful for me in, in order to make this decision. I I don't know what he does in the red zone, uh, and, and you're going to laugh at me, but I I kind of disagree with you here too. I mean, I I still feel like we can get on the same page here today, and the Sounds only reason good. I disagree with you, and we talked about it 
Freddie Kitchens was a moron last year. We talked about it last year in October, Josh. How many times on Tuesday do we say, what the hell was Freddie Kitchen doing on Sunday? We'd get yep. down to the five and then throw it four straight times instead of giving it to Nick Chubb. I don't – and Nick Chubb was, was one of the most efficient backs in the red zone last year. I do not think Stefanski will be that dumb. I think we get it in the red zone. I think they give it to Chubb. I think that takes away from some of the, some of the touchdown opportunities for Baker on these drives. I don't think 20 – what did you say? It's 24? 24 and a half. I think that's a good number. If gun to my head, I think it goes over just because I, I expect this Browns offense to be better than it was last year. So I think there's enough pie to go around for Chubb and Hunt and Baker. But I'm concerned about Stefanski using Chubb more often in the red zone than Freddie Kitchens did last year. All right, moving on. I'll look up those numbers for next week. If anybody cares, they can reach out to me. Or if you want to be a big man – Tag me and then tell me what the, what the stats are. But that's how I feel. But I think we're on the same page. That's not – we really weren't that far off. All right, let's move on to the next number, Stevie number. Odell Beckham, 1,050.5 yards is his total. I like the – man, I, I, I really don't – I feel like this podcast is terrible because it's really showing my bias towards the Browns. <laughs> um, but I'm not going to put money on all these. I do want to be very clear. I'm not going to put money on these. Um, but Beckham, 1,050 yards – 1,050.5 yards is the total. He had 1,035 last season, and the offense was dysfunctional as shit. Yeah. Um, so I feel like him getting 15 more yards should be a piece of cake. Um, if you look at Stefan Diggs, again, that's going to be a better indicator because Kevin Stefanski was calling the shots last year. Stefan Diggs had 1,100 yards. So he did. He, he hit that number. Uh, and, again, we talked about Stefan Diggs. Odell Beckham is better than Stefan Diggs, and Stefan Diggs is less of a deep threat and Baker Mayfield loves hitting the deep threat, and ba- and OBJ is one of the nastiest deep threats in the NFL. So I feel like this is probably a good number. Um, again, gun to my head, though, I'm taking the over. What do you think, Adam? I'm going over here, too. Finally, we agree on something. If there's a year for Odell to kind of come back and be the player that we saw in 14-15, I think this is the year. Um, so I, I'm all in on OBJ this year, especially in fantasy. I think he's another guy that's going to go in that second, third round in your draft that could be a league winner for you at, you know, when it's all said and done. We forget in 14-15, this dude was a monster, an absolute monster. Didn't have less than 1,300 yards or 10 touchdowns. Absolute monster. I think this is the year for him. Yeah, and, you know, uh, someone someone's going to bring up, well, they got Jarvis Landry. Jarvis Landry was more reliable target for Baker last year, blah, 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 blah. And th- that might be truth. He might have a better connection with, with Baker Mayfield. But, again, OBJ is, is very – he is a dynamic deep threat. Uh, and being a deep threat is very dependent, no matter how good you are, on people squeezing up into the box against a run game. And the offense has to be more functional than it was last year. And I think it's going to be very functional. They might, the Browns not be, might not be good. I'm not going to sit here and tell you they're going to go to the Super Bowl. I mean, obviously, I, I think that they should, apparently, with all these goddamn overs I'm taking. <laughs> but with that said, I'm not going to tell you that they're going to be great, but the, the offense should be more functional. It should definitely have more of a game plan. Even if they're worse, I expect it to be more, like you said, to have a goal in mind for when they go on and hit the field. And that should really help OBJ go deep. Yep. They, they, they're going to be more balanced. I do feel strongly about that. As the fancy's not going to be just kind of leaning one way or the other. I think they'll be balanced. I think they'll keep that. There's enough talent on that offensive side of the ball to where they can be balanced and keep these defenses off balance. If you're telling me you have to choose whether to load up in the box to stop Chubb and Hunt or go dime or nickel and try to stop OBJ and Landry and Hooper and Njoku, 
that's one hell of an issue for these defensive uh, defensive coordinators, and I, I think they're going to be able to keep these defenses off guard. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I don't really have an issue with that over. I'm again, I'm not emptying my bank account or anything like that. I guess the the, the bet I probably feel most comfortable with is the Nick Chubb bet. Um, which which bet would you feel most comfortable with? OBJ, if he can stay healthy, I, I feel really strongly about that one. That I guess that's a big question mark in my mind is I don't know how healthy he's going to be the whole. He has season. had is- he has had injury issues, yeah, and I don't know. I really don't know how reliant Baker is on Jarvis Landry. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I really don't know how strong that connection is. I really don't know how much of an impact Rashard Higgins is going to have. Um, you know, Dom, to act like Dominic Peoples Jones isn't going to see some snaps. It's just yep. I don't. I think that, that I think that we there, he's only a six rounder, but everyone we talk to seems to think that he's going to get some serious looks. So I guess that's my big question. You know, there's a huge percentage of Browns sort of that hates Jarvis Landry. That makes no sense to me. When we're off air, I'll bring up someone very specific who hates Jarvis Landry, and he brings up how much he hates Jarvis Landry. Probably I don't know once a week. I don't understand. I don't understand the hate at all. He was he was a stud in Miami. He's been nothing but a stud in Cleveland. Yeah, Pete Smith on Twitter. Pete Smith hates Jarvis Landry too. I forgot about Pete. Pete's the biggest Jarvis Landry. Well, I follow him too, and I, I don't understand that. I don't. I really don't. Yeah, it's weird. I don't know. I I think it's just because he's not aesthetically pleasing. He's not he, big. He's not fast. He's, he's not strong. He's not flashy. Yeah. Super yeah, but he catches the ball. He yep, does catch every the single ball. time. Yeah, I guess that one scares me a little bit more because, like I said, I do know that the, the Browns are probably going to be throwing less this season. Um, like I said, the injury issues, they, you know, they, it seems like they've got a pretty good wide receiver core that should see more action mm-hmm. across the table. Um, and then, like I said, uh, Thielen and Diggs were not happy last season at a certain point in the year. So if that ends up happening here, I, I have a feeling OBJ would be would be more likely to complain that that is a concern that not not many people are talking about um, no one's talking about it no one's talking about it and you're right there's just <laughs> there's not enough footballs you got chubb and hunt you got obj landry you just signed hooper and joku's still around you mentioned richard higgins and donovan people jones there's not enough footballs to go around you know we didn't talk about the austin hooper over either which is funny because eric hit that uh, last week, I'm sure I could find it in my notebook here because I don't delete anything. It was, uh, like, but Eric, Eric liked the over on that too. Yep. It was like 64 and a half. Yep, 64 and a half catches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, I'm 64 and a half, 64 and a half receptions. And Eric was all over the over, and I agreed with him. If he got six, if, if Austin Hooper was under that number, it would actually be his lowest number in like what five years, four years, something like that. So again, like you said, there's a lot. There's not. There's only one ball. Yeah. So if someone's going to be left off the island right. it'll be interesting to see who it is you're absolutely right we we do need to start uh you know as this podcast is coming down to a close which is nice because this is well this was gonna be a short and sweet one right adam we're at what yeah. 25 minutes yeah um yeah. now we're gonna start hitting the college football we're gonna talk, start talking about totals um adam's getting his graphs together with college football he's just as good at college football as he is the pros um it does take him a little bit more, more time i'm, I'm work, we're working on the acc i think that we're gonna dive into the acc um if not next week the next week we're gonna try to get a guest in next week if he doesn't cancel on us it'll be the week after uh, but we'll, we'll see what we can do but we're gonna start diving into college football we're gonna talk about some nfl prospects uh for the acc and then we're gonna talk about some of those win totals so we're, we're pretty excited if anybody has anything specific they want us to talk about or bring up uh, or anybody they want us to reach out to any expert you want us to bring on as a guest please let us know make sure you give us a review on uh, itunes give us a like on facebook we got a little facebook group in there reach out to us on twitter you can follow me on twitter at josh keatley 16 adam follow me on twitter more 2102 and you can follow us uh, go to facebook it's the browns wire podcast group 
Yeah, make sure you listen to all listen to all eyes on Cleveland this week too. Your boy is going to be on there. Um, we're talking to Brad Ward. Eric Metcalf was on there last week, and that was a good interview. Eric yeah, Metcalf was talking a, about uh, huh? You're such a stud. You're just I so know. famous. I'm going, and... I'm going big time, bro. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going big time, bro. Yeah, but yeah. it was. Did you listen to it? Did you listen to his podcast from last week? No, not not the Eric Metcalf one. No, you gotta listen to it. Brad did a good job talking to him. Eric Metcalf talked about where he, the game against the Bears when he whipped out the orange shoes that everybody thought he spray painted, but he actually died. You know, he talked about uh, you know going to the Olympic trials against Carl Lewis. It was a good interview, very interesting listen. And uh, I won't be as good as Eric Metcalf, I can promise you that. But you should listen anyways. I will tune in for you, Josh. <laughs> All right, this was the Browns wire. All right, we'll see. When others treat your fries as an afterthought, all you're left with are cold, soggy fries. That's why Wendy's new fries are ones you won't forget. Guaranteed to be hot and crispy. Or we'll replace them. We're talking natural cut, skin-on fries, perfectly seasoned with a hint of sea salt. In fact, they're even preferred almost two to one over McDonald's. These are fries so hot and crispy, they beg a new question. What would you like with your fries? Try them today. Only at Wendy's. At participating U.S. Wendy's, taste preference based on a national taste test by an independent research company. Calling all partners. Losing weight is better together with Nutrisystem's Partner Plan. In fact, people who diet together lose 20% more weight than dieting on their own. Get new premium meals with up to 30 grams of protein. They're big and filling and taste delicious. Plus, try our new restaurant faves that taste like your favorite restaurant portioned with half the calories. Don't wait. You could win big cash during Nutrisystem's Better Together Partner Plan 100K giveaway. And maybe win the grand prize of $25,000. Just go to Nutrisystem.com slash thin right now and get 50% off plus an extra $50 off your first month. You heard me right. Go to Nutrisystem.com slash thin right now and get 50% off plus an extra $50 off. Don't wait. This partner plan offer will not last long. Just go to Nutrisystem.com slash thin right now and get 50% off plus an extra $50 off. Go to Nutrisystem.com slash thin. See website for details on our two-month subscription offer. No purchase necessary. Open only to U.S. residents over 21. Void where prohibited. Runs December 25 through April 4th, 2022. For official rules, visit Nutrisystem.com. Sponsored by Nutrisystem, Inc.